Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This week's Syrupcast is sponsored by Rome Mobility. Stop paying roaming fees. For unlimited talk, text, and data while traveling in the U.S., visit roamemobility.com and order your SIM card today. Bring it! 2-4. Welcome to Syrupcast episode 24 on December 5th, 2014. One month before CES. As always, I am joined by my cohorts in crime, my crimes in cohorts, question mark. Douglas Soltis, how are you, sir? Uh, I now have coffee. You, yeah, you delayed us to get coffee because you didn't think ahead. No. Yeah, when has that happened before? Never before has that happened in life. And Jane McIntaggart, how are you? Hi, how are you? <laughs> was that a high or an I? Wow. That was an A. Oh, that was like a high. That was a celebration because it's Friday. Celebration, celebration. celebration. I thought you were gonna be like celebrate good times. Come on. No, we're not on a cruise ship. It's a celebration. Uh, so. <laughs> So Let's, uh, people are going to think that we're making eh? an announcement. People are going to think we're going to Oprah them phones. You no. get a phone and you get a phone. All this celebrating. They get a podcast. Come on. Yeah, exactly. That's way more valuable than it's a phone. way more cause for celebration. Agreed. Uh, this week is a slow one, but let's uh, let's get right into it. Yodafone 2 was announced uh, on December 2nd, and review units had gone out to everybody but us. Womp womp. <laughs> but uh, what was interesting about this device is that it has an e-ink display on the back. It's a high-end Android phone with an e-ink display to mirror what's on the front display. Uh, but more than that, Yodafone announced earlier this year that it was going to be opening an office in Canada and perhaps even moving its entire operations to Waterloo or Toronto. Oh. So they doubly uh, dissed us. So they doubly... <laughs> no, because they actually just launched it in Russia and some parts of Europe. But uh, this seems to be one of the first hybrid phones that doesn't fail on all accounts. And uh, it's also one of those devices that you realize, oh man, why didn't Samsung do this before them? Or why didn't, you know, HTC or Huawei or whatever think of this? You know, what? why did it take a small Amazon Russian... Amazon make an e-ink phone? <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, that would have been way better than the Fire Burn. Phone. So... Reading the reviews, it became quite apparent that um, the you know something something went right in the Yodafone, and it, it took a it took two iterations to get there. But um, 
when it comes out next year in Canada, hopefully, they said that it's probably coming. Uh, I look, I kind of, I've been reading a lot more on my phones recently because they're bigger and they, you know, the screens are sharper and I just have become more used to reading longer pieces of, of text on my, on my phones. Um, what do you guys think? Is this, is this something that you would buy? I mean, it's pretty expensive. It's like 800 bucks, but you know, should the price go down before it reaches North America, if it's sold on a two-year contract, is this something you would even think about? Uh, I just don't know why I need it. I don't, I don't get it. I have a smartwatch now. What? Wow. Like, one of the wow. things, that, one of the things that I had, like, wow. that I liked about the, the Yodaphone, like one and two, when I played with them was that it was like, oh, that's cool for notifications. So I can just have the notifications pop up on my phone when it's like on the desk. I don't have to like deal with the blinky light. It's just going to like pop up on the e-ink display. But I don't know. Like, do I need a second screen on my phone? But it's no. mostly just for reading. Yeah. But I read on my Kindle. The, that's that's short-sighted. But most people don't want to carry around a Kindle anymore. Yeah. But who was I talking to yesterday? Me. I don't know. I was at an event yesterday, <laughs> and so when I was talking to someone, and I was, they were saying that they were thinking of buying a Kindle because they were tired of reading on their phone because it was so uncomfortable. And this uncomfortable. is not going to fix that problem. Where it's like, but then they need to get a bigger phone. Yeah, is that? But is that uncomfortable hand size or uncomfortable? No, she was like my, my screen. Yeah, she was like the screen is small, so you can only display a certain amount of text. And oh, if you don't think that a Yoda Fab isn't coming, <laughs> a Yoda Fab, that yeah. sounds Fab-yoda. like Fab-yoda. it'll debut 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 in December 2015 <laughs> alongside the uh, Star Wars Episode Seven Force Awakens. So probably if it's. If it's going to debut beow, beow, beow. in 2015, December 2015, they'll announce it, like, in a couple months. Because that's what they did with the the first generation. It was out for, what, like, two months? And then they were like, hey, Yodaphone 2! They didn't really have a distribution plan for the Yodaphone. They yeah, just... That was there. very much an experiment. I, yeah. I think that yeah. they realized that the second gen would be actually... And that's something that, um, you know... Th- there's been a, a bit of a trend now with, uh, you know, companies coming out with first-gen products that are very much beta products that should not be on the market. Mm-hmm. And um, the Fire Phone was one of them. The Yoda Phone was one of them. Arguably, the, uh, well, a lot of devices. The Apple Watch may be a, an I, example of that. I don't think that Bezos would tell you that the Fire Phone was intended to be a, a beta product. I know no, Microsoft no. He would never admit with their, that. With their banned product, it was intentionally that. Yeah. Um, but... But like okay, so it, I think you're talking about the uh, very surprised. Like, why didn't other people do this? And I I agree. I would definitely think that Amazon could have really rocked out a phone. It would have been more in line with their like core tech understanding. Um, we talk all the time about just in terms of standard smartphones, the kind of compromises that you have to make to you know get get that you know perfect ratio of what a phone's capacity can be i think these hybrid devices or more specialized devices um are even harder because you have to balance everything that a phone needs to do with your exceptional hybrid feature um i think with this phone i I was just thinking this morning that it's it's so cool and if if they actually if the e-ink actually works in a useful way i was thinking if i could get 
a a standard phone that looks as, as beautiful as this phone with just primarily an E8 screen, not not two screens, but one screen. Have have a phone with a battery life that lasts for a week. It has a great camera, and I just use it as like the, I just use it for text inputs. I don't play games on it. I don't watch movies on it. But I can check all my social feeds. I can read my emails, tweets, all that stuff, and I can take great photos. I think I would use that. I think I would use that phone all the time because it would it would work really really well. It would last long. It would save save on my eyes. And I would in, in the opposite of what Jane's saying. Like I already have a a smartwatch. I would use that as like my my primary um, text based content consumption. And then when I want to do like movie stuff or game stuff I, I i go to a tablet or something else or maybe i would just stop doing that and live a better life but, but then I'm, you're I'm, basically I'm, saying that all of your phone needs can be met with an e-ink display yeah I that's think. a lie yeah well because so, you're saying you're even saying like when i wanted to do things that required like you know like games or basically when i wanted to do things that required color and pictures that you would move to a tablet or why wouldn't you just flip your phone over and use <laughs> use the other side well, because I'm assuming that having only an e-ink screen would cut the cost of the device in half. Which so you're saying you would buy, like, like if, if someone made a, a phone that had only an e-ink display, that you would buy it? I'm saying that this phone seems so cool that I'm, I'm very much interested in seeing someone take that a step farther. Yes. Um, okay. Because, I, because when I, I look at my, my phone usage, I don't do a lot of games and stuff on my phone. I don't do a lot of... Uh, I guess I do watch some videos and stuff on my phone. Um, it's but... not about the color. It's about the lag. It's uh, it's about the refresh rate. Yes. An e-ink display is uh, just completely inappropriate for content consumption. Like, it would it would refresh once every two or three seconds. Like you I... get, you, you'd basically get a, a, a very you know, small approximation of, of what you're watching. But when you say and, content consumption, you mean dynamic content consumption, right? So anything, any uh, any content that I consume that's text-based, I think it's easier for me to just stop playing games or watching movies on my phone and have a phone that lasts for a week that's good on my eyes. Um, then, I, okay, so this is this is the constant argument around, you know, retro devices in the, you know, in, in the era of you know constant smartphone use right do we want to simplify our lives are smartwatches meant to simplify our lives by making us you know by discouraging us from taking out our phones so much you know this big push towards smartwatches is it's such an awkward marketing message because they're basically saying and these are from the companies that want to sell you a smartphone but they they're saying we know that you get addicted to your smartphone we know that when you take out your smartphone you end up you know, taking it out for a single purpose to check a notification and then end up using it for 10 minutes and then not realizing that you missed your streetcar stop. Like that is, that is a, a, it's a serious problem, but that's not a solution to smartphone addiction, right? I think you're wanting an e-ink display for your smartphone to discourage you from playing Candy Crush is more about your mindset about playing well, Candy Crush no, no, than... Not, not necessarily to discourage. I'm, I'm saying when I really look at what I use my phone for 80% of the time, it falls in line with something that an e-ink screen could provide. Totally. And that's so, why there's an e-ink display on the rear. 
Yeah, so that but, when you need it, but I it's also, there. I don't want to pay 800 euros for a phone, and I want t- double the battery life. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, I would, I would do, I would, I would do the dual screen phone right now. I'm excited to like play with it and pick it up. I think it's really cool. I'm saying that this this hybridization has made me think more about because we we lament all the time that phones are all the same. They're all the same because they're all trying to do the same things. They're all trying to be. Essentially, an all-in-one bundle, and they and then they pinch around the margins. So if you're like, here's a phone that legitimately lasts for a week. It's got uh, a beautiful design. They throw a great camera in there, and it's for people who just, you know. But then, like are just you just the guy? Are you just the guy with like the black and white CRT TV who's like, I don't need that. I don't need a plasma screen TV. I don't know. Because like, I don't know. I just find I see, I see you. Let's say on your social network I'm on your phone. I'm reading text-based content. I know, but I see, let's say, on Twitter or something on your phone or, like, Facebook, and then you see a picture, and then you click on it, and you're like, oh, it's all black and white and grainy. <laughs> like, I see you, like, getting, like, you know, banging the side of the TV, being like, why isn't the picture good? Well, th- the think- daguerreotype, you know. <laughs> the caveat yeah. with this is that I'm assuming that the development of doing a pure e-ink screen would enable them to, you know, either up the refresh rate or keep the the... The image crispness very sharp, but but yeah, like for the like I did I'm at least open to it is what I'm saying. I'm not sure if it would 100 percent work, but it's 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 cool to see a phone being like, yeah, why don't people push this idea farther? Why can't we have, you know, instead of like Samsung making the active device, which is just a regular phone with a a, a, a case attached to it, rather than you just buying a separate case, why aren't manufacturers trying to make devices that actually do different things or or work in different ways i I think this is i think it's i think it's cool and it's exciting to be honest can you just get a case like an e-ink case for your phone and then just then you would have no cases never any cases i forgot all all nude all the time an e-ink case has been suggested. I think there was a Kickstarter project. There's a Kickstarter project that like got like it doubled its goal. It met its goal like twice over. This past summer, I'd rather take a. I'd rather take the the Yoda than a Kludge. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, adding something to an existing product is really not feasible. But okay, yeah, this is called the Ink Case Plus. Um, it seems pretty clunky. Uh, it's an always-on inked second screen. Uses the sports fitness app, ebook reader, display photos, and receive notifications from your existing smartphone Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really make sense yeah it looks like crap um i guess like doug i i i agree with what you're saying you know smartphones are sort of boring now and there has to be a bit more innovation and i think yoda phone has done a good job with that i you know another indication of this sort of clamoring for new form factors and new use cases is the sonim um the xp7 extreme edition (laughs) <laughs> and that's you know it's a bad name for a really interesting phone, and I've been is it using one for a couple of weeks. Is it called the Extreme Edition, or are you just following? No, it's ever? called the well, it's it's called the Extreme Edition because they're focusing. So basically, Sonom is a U.S.-based OEM that created phones for verticals like oil and gas and extreme pulp and paper. verticals. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 diminish the uh, the the ridiculousness of uh, of this product, please. No, it is. It's pretty ridiculous. It's actually, um, it's quite impressive though when you think about how much you can do with this thing. It's the first. It's the company's first Android phone, 
and it's waterproof, dustproof, shatterproof. Uh, it's completely. It's got like a five thousand milliamp hour battery, so it lasts like a week. Um, it is. It looks like up, it's like natural disaster proof. It is. It's pretty much the best phone you can use when you want to take it anywhere to try and destroy it. Because it's huge. And it yeah, and they like... sent us one to try to destroy it. And it's, it's. I mean, I've used these devices back when they um, were just selling kind of feature phones. And they're really tough to break. Like, I've, I have managed to break one, but it took me a long time and, and a, lot of, a lot of effort. And uh, this will appeal to a lot of people. But it's, it, th- like, there is demand for it because it's already almost reached its $150,000 goal. And there's still almost two months left, or just over a month left in the, um, in the campaign. So, like this is this is good for companies that want to experiment with different form factors, and uh, you know we'll we'll link to this device in the in the show notes. But basically, what it is, it's an unlocked Android LTE Android phone, um, and it's just for people who don't want to worry about you know getting you know, breaking their phone. And you can actually, like, kind of like the Xperia devices, you can film underwater and stuff. So it's also got that going for it. Um, drop proof. Yeah. So I, I I like the fact that these companies are getting more recognition. I mean, OnePlus is a good example of that too. Yeah. I just think, you know, if you're going to do... If you're going to really make something different... Make it for a really dedicated use case and see how many people there are to support that use case and make it compelling around that use case rather than like the difference between this stuff and then say, hey, we Samsung, we we put the screen over the edge just because we don't know why. Whereas we have flexible display and so we're dying to use. Yeah. And, you know, that'll probably lead to like cool phones five years from now. So I'm not begrudging Mm -hmm. them experimenting, but like at least with this stuff, you're like. I know a person who would love that thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 for for us who have jobs designed to like tell people to not only see all the phones coming in and tell people which ones are the good ones and and why it's it's nice again for hardware to be exciting, like to be like oh hey this is like you know we talk, you talk about CES going to like CES two thousand and eight and being like look at all the crazy stuff that's here, <laughs> well done. No, I I totally agree with that. Um, I think there's there's something to be said though for, like I remember when Samsung was showing off their Yume displays, the curved displays that uh, eventually yeah. became the Galaxy Note Edge, and they showed that off in what 2011, 2012 in CES. 2011. And uh, like that's three years lead time between yeah. basically a prototype and a finished product. But it was Which, like it was so obviously a prototype. They had it in a glass box, and they literally, literally only had like the flexible substrate. <laughs> like it was not even a display. It was like in a box, and it was you could take pictures of it, but you couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't. Yeah, look with your totally. hands. But when you like when you see the reviews of the Note Edge, you think people were basically saying this is a great phone, but you should not buy it. Like that is that that's mm. the. That's the consensus I saw from most reviewers. You will get a really great Android phone from this, but it's way too expensive, and the Note 4 is an overall better phone. Did anybody, did anybody left-handed review it? 
Yeah. Brad Mullen, he, uh, oh, really? before he left for, for Weber Shandwick. So, uh, one of the, one of the nicest guys in tech, Brad Mullen, uh, who was the mobile editor at Engadget left to, uh, become, you know, a PR, a suit basically. Um, good luck to him. <laughs> You're like, but, uh, burn. I mean, all the best and everything. Well, what can I say? You know, it's one more, one more great writer lost to the, you know, to the workplace. To the, <laughs> to the workplace, good censorship. That was lovely. Um, he's okay, we should make sure to go to his holiday party. He's taking. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, Weber Shanwick is one of the biggest PR agencies in the U.S., and they deal with like everybody. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But he'll be him. dealing with everybody left-handed, right? Yeah, he's, so he's that's what we were got talking the left-handed right? portfolio. That would be he wrote amazing. about the Note Edge. Yeah. About um, he wrote about the Note Edge uh, as a left-handed user, and basically said that it works. You have to turn the phone upside down so the home button is on the top, which is ridiculous. So you know, don't do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Samsung. It's this is not a populist device. Even though it was made for the you know ninety six percent, it's still very much a niche device, and I think they'll come out with the Note Edge two and the Note Edge three, and by the Note Edge four, it'll be a pretty good product, and that's how they do. Well, it's the same with Yodafone. That's what happened. Like Yodafone, the first edition had like the the to make the back like touch sensitive, they had to add a strip to the bottom of the display. They had like a like a touch sensitive strip on the back of the phone. So instead of the e-ink display being touch sensitive, they had this yeah. janky strip at the bottom that you had to use kind of like with your thumb as a cursor. It was really weird. It was like a trackpad, and it never worked. Yeah. Um, I, again, like that's not unusual when it when it comes to like first generation products too. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of. Well, I mean, if you compare the iPhone six to the iPhone one and you see just how much improvement has you know come or, or the nexus six to, from, to the nexus one you know you realize six years seems to be like an eternity in the smartphone world but really if you go back now and try to use the nexus one or the or the original iphone it's like it's not even it's basically using a dumb phone right well yeah because the the software doesn't even, but that's so. But that's, that's a really good example. So you like you see generationally, generation generationally, these phones um, have offered significant iterative improvements on the same things that they were doing when they were first released. Whereas now it seems to be like there's that that second second wave of of, of breaks in hardware where new hardware capabilities are being added. But um, they have no choice because hardware is so. Uh, mature and and so commoditized mm -hmm. that there's such like there, there's such a l small difference between the Moto X and the Moto G that yep. software is really the only differentiator they have. Yeah. So why you don't know? so like like what if they released a Moto G that was super cheap? Did they, they did. It's called the Moto E. <laughs> no, no, no. But like like e ink screen, super duper cheap. Oh, get off! Oh my god, ink. get off the train! No, but seriously, like, what, I'm saying, or they do something else. But what if like they're 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 able to with the hardware because the, you say that they're forced to because things have kind of become commoditized. But the, also, it's more like 
you you reach that development point when when things become that cheap and iterative it it opens up a window for you to do new stuff with hardware because the core components to the experience that people expect have now been um have have now become much 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 cheaper so yeah. but that's know, great that's great because what it what it says is that people who couldn't afford a smartphone before can now get a great smartphone experience and they're not relegated to using a black and white flip phone anymore. So, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, we're privileged to say, oh, I'd, I'd love to be able to go back to an e-ink display to be able to, you know, not play games so much and get week-long battery life. But the fact is that people have been getting trying to get away from that for five years now and it's yeah. getting to the point but, where but you know, Daniel, develop- it's not like i'm not gonna play it's, it's also like i also now have four other mobile devices that i can play games on if i want to you know like tablets exist and you can play it on your watch and yeah that too so so it's i think it's less like just eliminating that and more like ooh, what if i restructure the way instead of being the the, the phone being the primary component Maybe maybe I I just make the phone for these things. Like I'm I'm just tossing out ideas. I'm just saying it was really cool to kind of at least do that as a thought experiment. No, I I, I totally understand, and I I think that focus is the is the big word here. I think being able to you know say that you want a more focused smartphone, you know, use case is is awesome. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the Ashton phone because I think that's really Ashton like, tablet. The the Ash tab. Yeah, uh, well, let's let's talk let's talk about that in a second. I want to you know go um, move to Xiaomi. Uh, they announced well. There's a rumor that Xiaomi may be debuting their next phone at CES and that it may come to North America. Uh, Jane, you wrote about this. So mm. I mean, is this something? Uh, do you think Xiaomi is ready? The you know as a as the third biggest smartphone OEM in the world, do you think that they're ready to broach the North American market? I think it's not a case already because I think I mentioned in my post, like you look at a company like Lenovo, where if you ask someone on the street, hey, like, you, would you ever buy a Lenovo phone? A Canadian or, or someone in the US would be like, they make phones. Yeah. But, but they were like, I have, you know, I have, they might be like, oh, my computer at work is a Lenovo. Like I, you know, I, I've used ThinkPads my whole life, but they would be like, oh, I didn't even know they made phones. And that's a perfect example of a company that, that would like to think they already has the money to do it and just just couldn't make it happen and then they bought Motorola so and that was one of the one of the the key things people said about the acquisition for Motorola was that they were basically just gaining a foothold in the US market and and in the European market where their brand recognition wasn't doing much for them so cat so Doug hi cat I've literally been uh, petting my cat the whole podcast. He was kind of sleeping behind my laptop. Oh my god, um, the jokes are so easy. Don't let me yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no wonder yeah. you're so distracted. So, I don't know. I think it's like you can have all the money and you can have the drive to do it, but it's it's a hard market to break. And it's the hardest know. market to break. Yeah, and maybe it's. I mean, Lenovo. I think they. I think I don't know if they said it or if it was one of those inside sources things, but. They were saying they just didn't have the carrier partners in in the U.S. They didn't have those relationships, and Motorola yeah, mm-hmm. did. So, um, I don't know. I, I would like to see it. I mean, the OnePlus One has shown that people are willing to go online and buy a phone off contract for three hundred bucks, three hundred fifty bucks. So it would be nice. I don't know if I I want it to happen. And if it was going to happen, it would be a giant announcement at CES that would slowly peter out into nothing if it failed. But would they do it at CES or MWC? That's the rumor. Is CES? Yeah, I don't think MWC is 
basically reserved for like more established brands yeah. in in Europe. Xiaomi well, would do was better. M W C Yodafone too. Yeah, in, in Europe, like Xiaomi, basically all the Chinese manufacturers generally announce products at CES, and then <laughs> yeah. all the European manufacturers at M W C because yeah. that makes sense. Um. So the the Mi Four, the Mi Four, was only announced in August. The Xiaomi Mi Four, mm. and it's got a really great, you know, roundup of hardware. It's got you know a 1080p display. Uh, it's got a 13 megapixel camera. Uh, it's got a Snapdragon 801 chip. 3,100 milliamp hour battery. Like this is a pretty decent device. Uh, it is made for the Chinese market, so I don't know if it's entirely Play Store ready. And um, like all the other OEMs in, uh, that that come over to North America, it would need to be certified by Google and all that stuff. Mm. But I mean, this is a very nice phone, and I I, I checked one out when I was in New York. Um, Paul O'Brien from Modico had it uh, with him, and he really liked it. And yeah, I mean, they're getting to the point where they can sell these devices for three hundred bucks and still be making money. And they're they're very competitive. Yeah, and the Mi Five is basically you know the same, but more like Snapdragon Eight Ten, like a four K display, a twenty megapixel camera. Those are the rumors. Yeah, you're just listing off specs though. Yeah, it's yeah. like bigger, beefier. But but like right. it's like I don't think. But the I... thing is, I think if your goal is to make a three hundred dollar phone, they don't need to do that. Well, like, I mean, it comes just... down to the software too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, my UI is actually a really interesting version of Android. Um, I've I played with it back in the day when it, you know, it's it's you can put it on as a custom ROM and it's it's beautiful, but it's very much like Xiaomi initially created it as an alternative to iOS for Chinese people mm-hmm. who didn't have a, who couldn't buy an iPhone. So you know that was it. Like they, it has no app drawer. It's very iPhone like. You know, the UI is very colorful, and then the latest version of my UI looks a lot like um, iOS 8 or iOS 7. So, you know, it's 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 nice, it looks good, but Xiaomi needs to differentiate themselves. Yeah, so so another so another company wants to come in and make a name for itself by doing the stuff that we already have. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, Lenovo, um, the Ashton phone. Tablet. Tab, Ash tab. Ashtab. Could you imagine so, that thing as a phone? Good lord. It's that is enormous. Oh, I can't even Adamantium. imagine it as a tablet. <laughs> yeah. So this is the uh, Yoga Tablet Pro 2. God Daniel always has to say Yoga that Yoga Tablet slowly. 2 Pro, sorry. <laughs> it's it's mouthful. And it's a big, big tablet. It's 13 inches. Uh, it's got an enormous, like, very high-resolution display. It's really well-made. And, uh, yeah, I was super impressed by the build quality, man. Like, I was when when that thing came in, or just even when we heard the announcement, I was not expecting. I wasn't expecting much, to be honest. But I wasn't expecting to like it to f- just feel so good. Ooh, feels so good. It does I, feel so good, but you you weren't like Lenovo, you know. I don't know. Like, you don't think that the ThinkPads are sexy? I love the ThinkPads. I think Lenovo is one of is the only manufacturer to buy a pc with what look at this look at this face do i think the thinkpads are sexy no but you can't argue that build quality is amazing okay i think the thinkpads are sexy you could yeah like and they're awesome i was at ces last year and someone speared speared spilled a beer on 
speared me with a someone, Lenovo. <laughs> someone spilled a beer on my keyboard um, while I was working on the, at the press table. Someone knocked their beer over my keyboard. And someone was like, oh, man, it's too bad you have a MacBook Air. If you had a Lenovo, that wouldn't happen. And I was like, what do you mean? And he just took out a bottle of water and lifted up his computer while it was on and poured a bottle of water all over his keyboard. <laughs> and he was like, still works. Seriously, was it the same guy who spilled beer on your keyboard? No, it was Alex Davies. Shout out, Alex. <laughs> Alex Davies, while I was sitting there weeping at the thought that my laptop might never work again because I had bought it a week before, was like, oh, this wouldn't happen if you didn't buy that yeah. stupid machine. And I was like, not helping. Well, yeah. I hope you know. he brought you a towel or something to clean up the beer. It's just um, a... While he was gloating. No, no, why? No, but he did, visit, a... <laughs> he did visit several small crappy companies and ask... It was actually... Um, the guy I used to work with, Tom's Hardware, Marcus, was was we were I was at Showstoppers at CES, and he was like, "Come on, there's like a million and one crappy companies here. I bet one of them sells you something that like fixes wet electronics." So he just went totally. to like a few different ones and was like, "Hey, do you guys have anything for like phones that get wet?" So we ended up with like four little baggies that you're supposed to put your phone in and shake and then leave it there overnight. So we had like little baggies of beads and. The three of us were trying to figure out how could we possibly translate this to like laptop dryer as opposed to phone dryer. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the toughest thing is like if it's not water, it's more like the sediment or other things in yeah, the liquid the that when it dries goes on on like you know. It's the sugars. Uh, it really. was only a Heineken. Yeah. It's grand. <laughs> like it wasn't proper but, beer. Yeah. So just, all the magic and fun that happens at the CES uh, uh, press room, which we will be at in about a month we will be that magic and fun spilling beer so the the yoga 2 tablet pro don't put so beer got, on yeah. it but you actually played with the the pico projector like i i watched you guys just <laughs> shine it at things but i didn't really i wasn't really paying attention to the how well it 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 worked with i know i'm i'm i've been um tasked with the review but like what was your initial impression of that because that's that's the hybrid thing, right? You know, it's hard to say because like the room we were playing with it, it was so bright. Yeah, I mean, it was very impressive that it could, you know, light up a wall in the middle of the day, uh, with you know pretty decent quality, and it's quite impressive that I mean, it really doesn't add much of anything. Like there's, a, it doesn't really deplete battery very much. It, um, it's it, it's very light and portable for a huge tablet. I mean, this is. I think smaller and thinner than the Surface Pro Three, which is about the same pro- same mm. size. Yeah. Um, well, ironically, it also kind of this... gives it its own its own. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Stand, too, yeah. almost, right? And you can hang it. it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty ingenious how they did that because it's got a, a really um, sturdy stand and you can actually pull it vertical and hang it off a, you know, a, anything like um, a hook or something. And, um, you know, Ashton Kutcher plays with it on his uh, fridge, which is oh. bizarre. I was not expecting fridge video. to be the word at the end of that sentence. 
Um, but yeah, I guess so. So for people who haven't seen it, the one thing they should note is that so the 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 pico projector works um, perpendicular to uh, the the depth of the tablet. So it it runs the projector itself runs as a, a curve two along the top end of the tablet. So it's actually projecting out to your left if you're looking at the tablet face on. So it's not right. uh, it's a little. It's a little different, but I guess in situations where you'd want to be projecting, the projection is for everyone else in the room to see, and then you're looking at the tablet in like a presentation mode. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, it's running an Intel chip, and uh, it's one of the latest uh, one of the latest Atom chips. It's a quad core Atom Z thirty seven forty five. It's one of the more powerful ones and what's the lumens on that puppy the lumens on the i don't know on the projector yeah it doesn't say i'm looking at it now it just says integrated projector just got dual front facing speakers contains lumens yeah um i don't know anyway it's uh it's an interesting tablet we'll we'll put it through Put it through its paces and see what what stands up. You know what's interesting is that literally this or figuratively. Is to go back to to the the build quality is that I just was listening to, to you guys talk about it and I think Daniel was like, oh, it's it, it's thinner and, and lighter than the Surface Pro three, but it's actually not. Surface Pro three is nine point one millimeters and this one is fifteen millimeters. Thick. Oh, at its biggest, that's that's not entirely accurate because fifty milliliter fifty millimeters is is only at the at the one at, side, at, it's, at it's sort note. of a weird. Yeah, it's where the projector is and where the power button is. So how, how thick is it? I, I can't, I'm having trouble finding it. I think one site mentioned it, but because the, re- the reason it kind of like tricked the tripwire for me because I was like pretty sure the Surface Pro Three is the thinnest core whatever device. So I was like, I think the Surface Pro Three is pretty thin. I don't know if it's thinner than that, but it does. Yeah, but it it's doesn't also, feel this thin. isn't a core it device. Feel like this it has, a, no, I know. This is but I'm Adam. saying that this is like. I I know the Surface Pro Three to be very as a thin device, so that's why I was like, oh, I wonder, is it? But it didn't. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel thicker. It's just. Anyway. It's it's not. It's not weighted the same. The Lenovo is weighted on one side. It's it's, it's a little bit spine. awkward to hold. Yeah. It, it, yeah, and then it's just like it's just a dense heavy metal. Yeah, it's. I mean, compared to the first Lenovo Android tablet, it, this is a this is a night and day improvement. Like they came onto the market a couple of years ago. Or maybe less than that, with with a MediaTek powered, like underpowered, ten inch tablet um, that was really, really bad. Like everything about it was just <laughs> underwhelming. And this is a completely different product. They've come a long way in a very short time. So, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with it. Um, let's let's talk about Lollipop because, like, what the frig? I want my Lollipop. Whoa. What the frack? Like it like a Lollipop. Don't make me swear, Google. Don't so me- <laughs> Lollipop is being uh, rolled out to Nexus devices. Android 5.0.1 was just released for the Nexus 9, 10, and 7 2013 edition. And we'll probably roll out to the Nexus de- phones um, after the um, all the certification goes through. So 5.0.1, I, I installed it on my Nexus 9 today. Uh, it, it's basically just like a bug fix update. I don't haven't noticed a lot of changes. Actually, I haven't noticed any changes, other than it, it 
just feels slightly faster. But again, that's just placebo, probably. Um, it's good that Google's rolling out these updates quickly. I think, obviously, with every Android dot zero update, there's there's always a, a dot you know, zero dot one fixed a couple of weeks later. The dot dot. Yeah, I mean, like bugs are par for the course with Android, but um, hopefully now that five point zero point one is out, this will be the one that OEMs use to. Um, to push out to their own devices. So the... The uh, HTC 1M8 and 1M7 GB edition got 5.0.1 this morning. Yeah, which is which is which which probably means that they were waiting for Google to say, hey, this is the pro- this is the software that you need to use. Yeah, because they were yeah. delayed it for a couple of weeks. That, that's Have actually you... that's a big thing that I don't think we talk about when it, when it comes to uh, like OEM certification. It's more like we kind of have to wait for Google to get a build of of the new Android stable, and then we'll go with that one. You know, rather than whatever the launch version is. Yeah, that's not uncommon. I know. I'm just saying, but that that extends the timelines for the OEMs, and we probably we tack that on, mm-hmm. and without giving them the credit of like, well, yeah, we we might want to wait until the the language bugs and the the crashing or the image glitching is gone you know that's true that when they release it to aosp it's not the real release because they will inevitably update it again what is 5.0.1 fix i thought it was for i thought it basically was just like something related to factory reset for passwords and then something with um playback on the nexus 7 or 9 or something i don't know i don't know i wasn't aware that there was more significant changes but obviously i mean Let's hope it fixes the French-Canadian bug, <laughs> because that's the bug that delayed the Canadian release of the Nexus 6 on TELUS. Yeah, um, and there's there's always stuff in there that they won't mention Yeah, that have been corrected. Or just even optimized, if they're like, oh, this part's running a little slow. little memory drag here. Need to clean it up. Yeah, if I recall, uh, KitKat got the same update. They had like 4.4's release, and then 4.4.1 was released pretty soon after. Um, Guys, can we talk about cats for a second? Sure. My cat is the cat cutest six. cat in the in the world, and he is just in love with it right now. He loves this podcast so much; he wants to listen to it live. My cat has decided that she pets. can't stand the podcast because she's usually here every week, and she's not here now. So we are subpar this week. Oh. The lack of swearing. She's like, screw this. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So what else? What else is on the docket? New hot stuff. CES preview. What are you guys looking forward to? Uh. All the terrible products. Oh yeah, we were talking about this yesterday. We want to like. Daniel and I may may forego all other CES coverage just to write about the sketchy, dodgy, crappy stuff that we find in the hall. <laughs> yes. And we're going to have a dedicated section on the site to focusing yeah. on that. We haven't says, told Ian yet, but... Yeah. Uh, Ian, it's going to be mobilesyrup.com forward slash cesspool. <laughs> you, you get the... You get the That's you get, a great name. You get we Dev on that. Sneak preview. <laughs> yeah, wow. you get Dev just, on just that. An image, we'll... Just an image gallery presented without comment. Yeah. You get dev it's, on that page, and we'll we'll get on. The, we'll produce the content. You don't. We're gonna to we're gonna rock the vine and the yeah the um 
the Instagram, mobile syrup on Vine, social media, mobile syrup Instagram. the Snapchats. Oh, we're gonna we have a Snapchat snap. channel. Oh, we have a chats. Snapchat channel for Vegas. Which for Vegas, could only totally. end I'm, well. I'm not even joking. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, we're gonna be able to use our phones down there because in years past, the coverage on T-Mobile has been non-existent. Yeah. Coverage on so, most of the carriers is pretty brutal. I see. Yes. Yeah. Super it's yeah. Terrible. It is. But uh, it's been two years since I've been, so let's hope that things. I'm are hoping it's a good better. one because I think it reminded me when when Doug was talking about it earlier on, where you know a product comes out and then they make all these little tweaks and changes over the years, and that's kind of what CES is. It's like you go and you're like, oh my god, this is so exciting, like all this new stuff, and then you go the next year and you're like, oh, it's kind of just the same stuff as last year. And the stuff yeah. last year was super exciting because it was new. And then the stuff this year is, eh, I saw it last year. Like, yeah. And that was the same for, like, the massive TVs, like 3D TV, like, all those kinds of things. So I'm, last year was kind of, like, I, the general vibe I got from the show floor is that everyone was kind of like, hmm, that's okay. So I'm it's hoping that this year. It's a little bit of a pleasure delay. Like, I don't think, you know, we do events in a yearly cadence because of, like, business requirements and stuff like that yeah yeah. um but tech doesn't necessarily move at that speed so i I think you're right that like if you go every second year you'll get a much better sense of like but the thing is it's not even it's not even as reliable as every second year because sometimes you can have two great years in a row and then you can have two sucky years that's true Um, you just got to go every year and eat the tiny food and 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 drink drink the fruity drinks survey what was what do you think were like some of the best events you've ever been to like in in terms of the year like what years did you walk away and be like oh my god the future is now or the future is in like three months (laughs) like is there is there is there an event any year that resonates in your mind where you're you're like that was a just an explosive year of tech um last year was pretty great for wearables um, it was an interesting year for wearables because a lot of the wearables that we are seeing kind of come to fruition now and that we're taking for granted were just sort of prototypes yeah. back then. So last year, yeah, last year was okay for wearables in that sense, but it was the year before that was like magic for wearables. Daniel, that was the year that, that I ran into you there. And that was the year that the Tom, our friend Tom Emmerich was just camped out in the wearables corner on the show floor because everything there was so exciting. Yeah. And it was... The wearables corner was right next to the the 3D printing, and they were, like, 3D printing food. And I was like, the future is now. I want 3D printed chocolate. Seriously. They were 3D printing chocolate bars, and it's, like, crowds of people. Computer, tea, like, Earl Grey, hot. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty magical, because the wearables, the last year was kind of like, oh, yeah, this is, like, the wearable stuff that they're they're still working on from before. Um. What are you what are you excited for, Daniel? What do you expect? There's always a trend, right? Yeah, you know, I, I really um I wanted to like the mobile stuff last year was pretty unimpressive. And in twenty thirteen the only real announcements were the Huawei Ascend Mate and the uh Sony Xp- Xperia Z. Um mm-hmm. and Sony does their big announcements every year, but I don't even know if they're gonna be announcing anything this year. Because they just announced the Z3 at uh, IFA. Well, rumor has it they're gonna keep going with their bad selves and their their. We'll see. Very brisk updates and go with the Z4. But you but can't tell Sony nothing. I don't know. I mean, nope. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it only because 
The It's in Vegas? I'm looking forward to it because this year it seems like the wearables aspect of the show will, will be a little bit more concrete. It'll be less about... Mm. I, I know that there's going to be a lot of Apple Watch kind of um, pretenders, and yeah. that's fine. But I think there will be a lot of stuff that supports Android Wear. You know, we're we're getting to the point now where wearables are becoming an industry in and of themselves. And they're taking the place of mobile. The Mobile World Congress has become the place where most OEMs will announce their big products and CES is more yeah. about supporting the wearable, the uh, mobile mm. space. But yeah. I think wearables will be front and center this year. A lot of VR. I, th- I look forward to trying the Oculus V2, and a lot of the VR stuff there mm. is cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just ready to have my head blown about you know all this. Um, it's innovation, right? That's really what it is. It's interesting what you said though about the the wearables. And you're gonna be, we're gonna have like a lot of Apple Watch pretenders. That's something that you see. I think 2009 was just right around when the the T-Mobile G1. I don't know if you guys got it in Canada. I think it was the HTC Dream. Yeah. Everywhere else, but that was like the T-Mobile G1 was like the the first Android phone, and um, and that year was yeah it was kind of you saw that, and then the following year it was every crappy Chinese manufacturer in every corner of like. You know, dark, deep crack of the room was showing off a really terrible Android. Yeah, tablet. the early days of Android and were just like um, it was terrifying. like the CES so show floor of tech. It was so scary! It was like, yeah, they were like, "Oh, you can do this now. Just throw it on. It's cool." And then year after that was e-readers. So I'm hoping that wearables this year won't be like, "Hey, everybody's doing it," and then we're gonna see. You know, but that could be promising. I mean, that could go well for cesspool. Could be like, "Hey, check out this like." Fitness tracker well, stuff. Well, I mean, I think- <laughs> oh, go ahead, Daniel. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I think that, like, the, the, as exciting as it was to have companies showing wearables last year and the year before, it was just, the excitement was more based upon, like, hey, here's a new product category rather than anything that the devices were doing themselves. Because that initial, like, surge was like, hey, uh, we can get this component, these components onto your wrist at a certain price point. Rather than, I think it, the wearable stuff this year might be more exciting because they either know what they want them to do, or they can make them do things. Um, so I think this year for wearables will be, I don't know, maybe not exciting, but just more satisfying in terms of like... Yeah, it better be, because last year the, I saw a beanie with an integrated headphones, and I was like, this nobody wants this. And they were like, it's wearables! And I was like, no, you can't just like get like two layers of fabric and just like shoehorn like yeah Yeah. do not put a toaster in my top hat and call it new tech (laughs) can you imagine actually please someone at ces put a toaster in a top hat and we will cover it well i mean the last time i was there uh the wearables stuff like the smartwatch stuff was really disappointing there was the smartwatch 2 from sony which ran android and then there was this italian company called i'm watch that ran android and it was really terrible. And then there was the spoon, uh, the fork. What was it? The the fork company that oh, the vibrating yeah, fork the, that the, says slow down, fatty. slow down, yeah. fatty fork. Um, <laughs> and I mean that that's the kind of stuff you see at um, Pepcom Radio Shack and Radio Shack. Eventually, <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, it shows up at Pepcom and it ends Pepcom. up at Radio Shack. There was also a Bluetooth toothbrush. 
And it was like, yeah, we'll feed this data to the app that your dentist can download and he can tell whether you're brushing for long enough for, you know. He properly. knows anyways. <laughs> well, they know. He knows. he knows. It's like, yeah. It's like a mother always knows. Okay. It's like, you can't well, lie it's to okay. the dentist. Uh, do you guys think that it was just with what's coming up, like with CES dropping like a, like a hot turd in January <laughs> and Mobile World Congress being pushed back uh, farther into February, early March range. Yeah, it's the end of February. I think it's like first week of March this year, yeah. like the second. I think you know. I think it's part of the move. It, it changed the timing a bit. Um, oh come it, on, it's a week. It's well, not, it's not anything. But it's, it's, but it's it's we couldn't get the convention set. Yeah, but you're now you're now at the almost the the end of the first quarter. Do you think that there's going to be more interesting stuff, especially with some of the delays that no. we've seen hitting in that timeline? Than people actually oh, having mobile, stuff yeah. ready for for CES because they might maybe they'll have it there or announced at CES, but it's usually much more likely that at Mobile World Congress they're going to have it like on hand for you to try, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think there's going to be uh, any big uh, announcements from major OEMs at CES. They're just they they don't do that anymore. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing is that you ask them, you know, hey, have you got anything for CES? And they they either say we're waiting for Mobile World Congress, or they say we're waiting for the noise to die down so that we can announce it. You know, when not everybody else is yeah. announcing stuff. They want to do it on their own time, and you know, Samsung. Yeah. And they want they want to soak up all the press. Yeah, they they want to have their own press conference, and they can't really do that at CES. Yeah. No, there's so, a lot of people at those companies where if you just ask them straight up why they're there, they'd be like, because we had to come because it's CES, but they don't have. Like they have, yeah. they're looking for things to fill fill their booth with to make people want to come. Yeah, Microsoft Microsoft decided not to go anymore um, a couple of years ago. It makes so much sense because their booth was always massive, and going to the Microsoft booth at CES is like going to the Microsoft store. It's like oh, here's a whole bunch of like random electronics that yeah. are moderately associated with like so here's like a bunch of mice and. There's the Xbox over there, and then there's some laptops made by other companies that run yeah. And eventually you look down, and there's a bunch of rats on the floor just, like, scurrying about. It's like, oh, welcome to Vegas. <laughs> tumbleweed. Oh. Tumbleweed with, like, a stripper caught inside. <laughs> Porn, <laughs> porn fest. A, a tumble stripper? <laughs> tumble. I gotta say, I mean, man, Vegas is the, my, the least favorite place to go to. If I never have to go back. Ah, no. Oh, yeah. come on. No. Vegas is the best. Mm. What about like Dreams. Des Moines, Iowa? It's like grown-up Disneyland. I would. I think there's more fun to be had in Des Moines than in Vegas. Oh. At least I won't leave Des Moines. But you're the person who wants dirty. to give up your phone for an e-reader. Yeah. With a 3G. Yeah, I don't know really... if we can trust anything. You How much say. fun could you possibly I'm be really representing? Well, compare that to walking down La Rambla in Barcelona. Like, come on now. I'm getting mugged. Because uh, that's what happens to everybody who goes to Mobile World Congress. It's because they have to print on the back of the badges, remove your conference pass from your neck before you get on the subway. If you are carrying just... your passport, you are not making it home. Uh, shout out Simon yeah. Sage, by the way, who had all this stuff stolen. Uh, but I think it's more um, pickpocketing than than straight up mugging. But uh, yeah, but that adds an element of European danger to the whole thing, right? <laughs> Whereas speaking as someone from Europe, we don't like you don't need the danger oh, from like, like it's not the, necessary from, from technically Europe. Um, but, <laughs> uh, Vegas is Vegas is just more just like four o'clock in the morning, counting your remaining chips, <laughs> trying to get a calm drink. I don't think I've yourself. ever gambled at CES. Um, yeah, but that's the best time. part of it is that you don't remember what stupid things you do because no. you're just so unhappy the whole week. 
<laughs> this, this podcast took a very dark turn. Eh, it's not that dark. Well, well, we'll, we'll see. Ask us again in hey, January. Hey, speaking of dark, <laughs> Lumia 1030 is never coming out. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. So sad. Well, hopefully well, Microsoft doesn't forget its um, its high-end, you know. Like it forgets its apps? Oh, my God, yeah. So last night we were looking at, you know, our <laughs> app roundup of the week, and we found this hashtag, don't forget about your app. Or What is it? <sighs> Sorry, don't forget Jeff. your app? Don't forget, don't forget yeah, your don't own forget app. Don't forget your own and app. That's what... It's what Windows Phone users use to tweet at Instagram and Snapchat and all those Ear people. Snapchat doesn't Ear use, doesn't have a, a I know, Windows Phone app. I know, Snapchat, you'd be surprised, gets called out a lot. They're like, hey, great update for iOS. How about one for yeah. Windows Phone? Hashtag don't forget your own app. So, And it use, gets used all the time. Like I was like, this is a hashtag that gets used once a month. But no, there was like seven tweets alone yesterday. And seven doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a it lot. It is a lot. Every day. Oh, well, you know, can't. So 10.30 is not. It's also, don't forget your own phone. Don't forget your own phone um, edition, Microsoft edition. I I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. The 10.20 yeah. is still sort of a relevant device for Microsoft. But they've, they've, su- they've supplanted the, the 10.20 with the 9.30 and uh, the 15.20. So... Even though none of them are in Canada, they're still better phones in many ways, except for the camera. Yeah. Microsoft right now is way more focused on mobile, not in a hardware way. Yeah, and they want to build really great experiences for Android and iOS, because that's where the market is. Yeah, so they, they just purchased that email company. or that company Accompli. That makes them, yeah, yeah Compli. And I think, like, you know, it's just, it's so tough, like, signing up for a device and a platform and I, I think the you know consumer confidence needs to be really high and I don't think consumer confidence in Windows Phone despite the amount of phones that they're selling which are you know decent like I don't see Microsoft really making that a priority they're not really selling in any great quantity and the, the phones that are selling are not the high end phones they're the 530s, 535s, 620s, 630s, which, you know, that makes sense because that's a market that iOS has not um, dominated and and it's easier to go up against cheaper Android phones that aren't always as good. Um, But in the high-end space, Android and iOS are just completely dominant. So, I mean, it makes sense why they're doing that. But still, I mean, don't forget about your, you know, bread and butter. Yeah, it's interesting to say that, you know, Microsoft isn't really focused on hardware. They're more focusing on, like, the software experience on mobile. And it's like, well, yeah. Even then, they're focusing on other platforms as opposed to, like, improving the experience for users on their own platform. Yeah, because the only reason they got into the hardware because of this legacy idea that they had to own the platform for their software to be on. And then they're like, "Mm, why don't we just make good software everywhere and tie people into our services and make money that way? Uh, Distributed Mm -hmm. cloud. Um, Office 365 is a good example of that. Yeah. And I, Jane, you went to a, yeah. a a summit yesterday all about that. Yeah, and it was one of the things that I was it was slightly surprising, but it goes to show like the, the kind of shift that's happening in Microsoft's cloud and mobile divisions, which was that they were on stage oh, and they were they were talking about. Am I back? You're back. Okay. Yeah, you're back. Um, 
It was really interesting. It shows the, the the shifting face of like cloud and mobility at Microsoft. Is that you've been at Microsoft events before, where where Steve Ballmer, you know, threatens to smash someone's iPhone because they they dare bring the iPhone with them, and then mm-hmm. you have yesterday, which was they're talking about how you know you can work on any device that you want, and the guy on stage giving the the keynote was like, yeah, so I can just like pull out my iPad and like, and yeah, that was you know is that calculated because they just released like updated iPad mm-hmm. apps. But it just goes to show that they're like, you know, we want we want you to get the best experience across all your devices. Yeah. And it's the same as they're one of the the way they develop their features, I guess. Julia, who I was talking about, she's the head of their Office 365 um, division. And she was saying a lot of corporations spend a lot of their time worrying about what their staff are doing and how they can stop them from doing it. I was like, we don't want we don't want them to share. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shout out cats. <laughs> We don't want them to share. Um, we don't want them to send this attachment to to someone else, so we're not going to let them forward it. But they're really just going to turn around and forward it using Gmail, or they're going to put it on Dropbox and forward it that way. So she was saying, you know, Microsoft now is about how can we enable people to do what they want to do instead of forcing them to figure out workarounds. Because she was like, that's what people do. If you don't give them a way to do it, they'll just find a workaround. Yeah. And it's interesting. So and that with with that though, because like so we're Slack users. The other thread that's coming through is um, workflows starting to happen in the app. So, like, the, everyone's trying to build in extensions into Slack to to so that all the every like the only thing that would ever happen in email is like what email is for versus everyone just living in a Slack world that plugs into every other application that's just kind of theirs as a home. Yeah. And Microsoft said that too. They they were talking about how email have been saying e- or people have been saying email is dead for the last ten years, and it's not. It's just that you can't use it for everything, and it's not good for everything. Yeah. So you know you should be sharing your attachments on OneDrive as opposed to emailing them back and forth and back and forth. So, but anyway, so Microsoft is doing great things for mobile, but their hardware is still not great. Yeah, I think um, their hardware. It's it's kind of. You know they're they're doing what BlackBerry's doing in a sense is they're saying Windows Phone is the best portal for Office and Windows applications, but you can do everything you would want on other platforms as well. Um, you know, like BlackBerry wants to be able to control BlackBerry devices, but they're also saying, hey, with Bez twelve you can also control iOS and Android, and yeah. we're well, cool with that because we're a software yeah, and services because, company. Because they, when you're forced to do something because of the business reality rather than it being in your company culture or that you really want to do it usually doesn't work out that well how many mm-hmm. how many uh companies exist right now that are legit hardware software companies one and that's apple and they're the only one google isn't samsung isn't microsoft tried and and despite releasing some good physical hardware can't get the platform aspect down or or in being late couldn't offer something so compelling or or just defeat the, yeah. the network benefits it's much better to have these companies who and you blackberry as well who are good at doing yeah. what they do rather than trying to have a soup to nuts experience and then failing right yeah soup to nuts uh, i got to stop using soup to nuts no, no one I, I don't i, I don't know what i missed I just I think we're um, having network problems. Um, can our, no, I just can think our it's, it's nice handle that... this many cats? 
Nope. I don't know what's going on here. The cats are really high qu- high resolution cats. Um, yeah. Nope. The fur density. Name of our is really podcast: High Res Cats. High Res Cats. Um, yeah, but I think it's like you know, it's interesting that they're. I guess their attitude towards, hey, you know, people in your workplace are already doing this. They're just doing it in ways that you don't want. So we should give them, we should just give them ways to do what they want to do on Microsoft products. And that extends to their hardware. It's like, hey, people are going to use their iPads regardless. Let's just make sure they're using Office 365 on the iPad. Yeah. So that's awesome. So that is, uh, that's about it. Um, you know, we, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, our, our fantastic uh, listeners, and last week we had some great discussion around piracy and in-app purchases. And uh, if you want to check those out, they're on the thread for our Dread Pirate podcast, episode twenty-three. Um, you know, thank you everybody for for listening. Yeah. Um, have some specific shout-outs that I wanted to make, but I can't find the link. Here it is. Um, Everybody, thank you for encouraging us to swear. Unfortunately, uh, you know Richard and um, Jason and Clinton, we uh, we are we are hemmed in, unfortunately, because we'd like to uh, bring our our uh, listenership to a broader audience, and that means having a clean rating on iTunes. So, unfortunately, we're not going to uh, be swearing anymore. But uh, everybody, thank you so much for writing about your experiences with free-to-play and piracy. And I totally understand, you know, Canada is a very strange environment where you are often forced into pirating TV shows that you can't legitimately buy without spending 40 to, you know, $80 on a cable yeah. subscription every month. And I think, um, you know, Crave TV just got announced this week, and that's a good example of another kind of backwards-facing uh, digital product that's reliant on the TV subscription to to work yeah. properly. And um, I'd like to talk about that in a well, future keep, episode. Well, keep an eye out uh, for we're, our we're... tete-a-tete. And, and uh, maybe uh, in this podcast post, uh, write some comments on that or on that post, and then we'll, we'll take it up, like, next week or something. Yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it, you know, leave a question to the readers this week or listeners this week. Do you think that Xiaomi is something that you would want to, to see happening in North America? Do you think that uh, the third biggest uh, smartphone OEM has a has a good chance of penetrating this very dense, um, you know, North American smartphone market. And uh, is that, you know, like OnePlus One or like OnePlus, do you think that there's a demand there for uh, high quality, uh, low cost flagship Android phones, even if they don't run sort of a stock Android experience? So uh, we're going to leave it there. Um, and- one more thing. Um Douglas, Richard Wangley said in the comments that he came to, to watch the video specifically to see the jumper that your granddad, that your grandma sent. Uh, he said sweater, Jane, sweater. <sighs> he said racism, I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> but anyway, if you could tweet out a picture of your, of your jumper, that would be brilliant. Okay. Because yeah. Richard really wants to see it. Well, because he... All right, will, done. It'll happen. It'll be on the um, Instagrams. Or the the face tweets. Yeah, do it. Or the... uh, no, just because he said the the video quality was too switchy uppy, so that he couldn't he couldn't get a proper gander at it. Well, it's it's getting right. tailored now. Well, that's that's Google Hangouts' fault, really. Yeah. Um. I'll, when it when it when it's shrunk down to my um, skinny boy size, I'll I'll model it, and we'll just we'll just do a fashion spread on mobile syrup. Like, why not? Yeah. That sounds really um, great. Really fun. We can have a little <laughs> calendar. Yeah. 
and everything. We can sell it like the full Monty. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, so that's, um, that's our show. I want to thank our sponsor, Rome Mobility. Check them out, romemobility.com. Uh, we are Just really happy to have a sponsor that we actually believe in. I believe in this company, and I use them whenever I go down to the States. And they, um, they're basically T-Mobile Plus, because instead of having to buy a prepaid SIM from T-Mobile and have your credits expire, you're getting... T-Mobile LTE, you're getting really good customer support, and you're also getting the same or more data per day for the same price, and uh, you can make unlimited phone calls back to Canada. So you're getting everything you would get from a prepaid SIM, plus more. Uh, They are a very good company, and I really highly recommend them. Uh, You do need an unlocked phone, so that is is one thing, but if you do want to go that route, it's a lot cheaper than having a... uh, a carrier-based roaming plan. So check them out, roammobility.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the show. And this was a fantastic episode. We will see you next week, and uh, take care. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 